Good evening from Plughead Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 486 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology for December 3rd, 2017. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, blue goes dark, Coinbase gives to the IRS, and Redbox kind of sells digital movies. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be through Apple Music Podcasts, nope, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Microsoft Store, on Facebook or YouTube, or on any of our live platforms, Livestream.com, Periscope, Twitcher, what? Twitch or Mixer, or of course on our apps, PlugHitsLive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. This here is F5 Live, uh, the flagship show on the PlugHits Live family of content. Uh, there are two ways that you can join us. The first is Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, by going to F5Live.tv slash join us. From there, uh, you can obviously watch us live, but in addition, you also have the ability to um, chat with us in the studio as we uh, discuss the topics. In particular, uh, people like to give us feedback on the Pilch Point, which will be on just a little bit. We'll be talking about some retro tech. Um, so, but we, we like to hear about your, con uh, your comments on the topics throughout the whole show, so feel free. Uh, F5Live.tv slash join us. But if you can't join us on Sundays, that's okay, too. Uh, you can still subscribe by going to PluckHitsLive.com slash subscribe. There you will see all of our series, including F5Live and The Pilch Point, our special events, which uh, we'll start seeing content for uh, for CES in the frighteningly near future. Um, our new product launch pad, our uh, first looks, which has some stuff coming up in the future, um, unboxed, and of course the Three Thousand Brigade podcast, which has a new episode publishing this week. Um, it'll be the second episode of Detective Toad: Mushroom of Mystery. It might publish as early as this evening, depending on how editing for this show goes. Um, but uh, so you can subscribe to all of those there as well. I think that there is the spiel. And I did it again, that there. Hi, Abram. Hey, how's it going? I don't know why I keep saying that there. It, I don't say that at any other time in my life except for that sentence. That there is the spiel. I, <laughs> other than that, things are good. Tradition. I um, guess. I guess you just get a thing into your head and you can't get rid of it. <sighs> How have things been around uh, Laptop and Tom's? Not bad. You know, we had a very busy uh, holiday weekend last weekend, uh, busy Cyber Monday, uh, logging deals and such. And now we sort of come down from that a little bit and are preparing for people. Are obviously, we're still, uh, if you're interested in, in buying tech, we still have lots of great deals featured on our homepage at both LaptopMag and Tom'sGuide.com. We're logging them every day to help find you the best. But... Uh, you know, as uh, the peak weekend uh, is over, sure. uh, you know, we also turn our attention to planning for CES uh, and new products for the new year. Uh, and, um, you know, 
I'm uh, already I'm exhausted in advance from CES. <laughs> yeah, uh, because uh, I'm going to be at CES longer this year than ever before. Okay, so I have to arrive, and I book my flight on Friday the fifth. Uh, and for those who don't keep track of CES, cause if you don't have to go, you don't need to keep track and good for you. <laughs> uh, you're not missing a lot. Uh, but you know, we gotta go, we gotta go and cover it. Uh, you know, important new things are launched there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I like to tell my colleagues, uh, it's sort of like, it's like a dirty diaper. It's like changing a, a soil diaper, basically going to, to CES the only thing worse than than going is not going not and letting going. it fe- and letting it fester. <laughs> so, so you know you you gotta you gotta go. You gotta see new things. You gotta see the people and you know me everyone. But it's exhausting and running around. Uh, Las Vegas is very difficult to get around, especially um, during that week. You know, you can't. There's nothing really like. There's nothing in the way of public transportation. Even within a hotel, it might take you half an hour to get from one side of the hotel to the other to uh-huh. get to where you're going. Amazingly enough, so you know you might wait in a cab line for 45 minutes to get somewhere, and then sit in the cab for 20 for half an hour to go half a mile. Yeah, it's, just to get out of a parking lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's absolute madness, um, and and very frustrating, but. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's cool. Cause I get to see some people that I don't see most of the year, uh, such as, such as you, Indeed. uh, and the, and the rest of the crew. So that's, uh, that's a, always a big highlight for me and, you know, getting to see, uh, all the vendors that I deal with most on email all year round, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's good. So, uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to a, uh, to a big week there. And this time there's a big, there's a press event on, Saturday, uh-huh. the sixth all day that I have to go to, which is a little nutty considering that the actual show doesn't start until Tuesday. Yep. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, it makes for makes for an interesting week. And uh, I guess speaking of of CES, uh, the Tech Podcast Network is going to be doing the live show again this year. So uh, if if our viewers at home want to follow along, uh, f5live.tv slash CES, we'll have our uh, our live stream there and probably uh, slash join us as well. You'll be able to see it because it's the same, some of the same broadcast uh, platforms like live stream. It's the same account, so you can probably see it there too. Um, so we'll be live all week. Um, our team will be on and off. And Avram and I have been teasing for a long time that we're gonna figure out how to uh, how to do a show together because it's been a while since we've gotten to do one together at CES. So we're gonna try and figure that out again this year. I would really, really like to do it. It's it's been it's been God, it's been years. Five, I know five or six since the last time we were able to do a live one together. And you're arriving on the sixth. Saturday. Uh, Saturday the sixth. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the numbers. I just know we're traveling Saturday and Saturday. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah. So I'm traveling fr- Friday and Friday. I'll gotcha. be there arriving on Friday and leaving the next Friday. So like seven seven whole days. Well, we're supposed um, to have the studio 
set up Sunday mm-hmm. and re- like ready, fully functional Sunday night. So anytime after that, we should be able to do it. So you and I should figure that out because I think it would be fun to be able to do again. I would love to. All right. Well, that's a month away. Let's uh, let's start talking about stuff from this week. How's that? Great. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live are proudly powered by the Microsoft Store, the new and improved Microsoft Store that has everything Microsoft in one place. Whether you're looking to save on the Surface, uh, the Surface Pro or the Surface Laptop, or you're looking to save 70 bucks on an Xbox One S bundle plus, get extra free games, uh, or you're looking for a bundle that has a laptop, a, a mixed reality ready laptop and headset together, or you're looking uh, for some of the best apps for your Windows 10 computer or games for your Xbox. It is now all in one place, and you can find it all by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. I'm so glad that they have uh, just one brand name now for <laughs> for all of their online retail. But that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a uh, a former Microsoft partner who uh, now does exclusively uh, budget end Android phones. Uh, used to do some Windows phones. We interviewed them at CES about them a couple of years ago. Um, the company is Blue. They are a Miami based uh, handset manufacturer, which is an unusual thing to have a handset manufacturer here in the United States. They're actually one of the fastest growing uh, Latin-owned businesses in the country. Hopefully, what happened this week is not going to screw that up too bad for them. Um, Because we know that a company's reputation is not based on how they do during happy times. It's how they respond to problems. This week was a problem for Blue. Uh, One of their handsets, the uh, Life One X2, they put out a firmware update that was faulty and bricked phones. Now, everybody's done it. Almost every manufacturer has put out some sort of a firmware update for one of their phones that has caused some sort of a problem. Just ask Google how the screen worked on the Pixel 2 XL when it came out. Um, Firmware update problems are not new, but most companies have, or at least the big companies have, a plan for when something goes wrong. Uh, uh, Nokia put out a Lumia firmware update one time that was a problem, and Microsoft had a piece of software you plugged your phone in got the phone back up and running and you didn't lose your data. Uh, Samsung has a similar uh, tool uh, in the event that they have problems or even just in the event that your particular phone starts to have software problems. Um, Obviously with Windows, you know that if an update goes terribly wrong, there's the ability to get the the, the computer back up and running without losing your data. Well, that's not the case with Blue. 
with with blue in this particular problem uh, the only option you have is to do a factory reset and lose everything that is on your phone because blue wasn't ready for this interestingly that's not the only problem to come out of this week for them um, as soon as it happened the company went dark silent uh, when asked for comment nothing no response no nothing uh, their Facebook page has kind of gone quiet. Their news section on their website has nothing. Their support has nothing. Uh, but at least on Facebook, they congratulated the uh, soccer team that they sponsor. Uh, that's been about the extent of it. Now, they do have a very canned response uh, for Facebook whenever somebody comments on any post that they post complaining that they've lost their phone and it says hi person's first name who who complained we are aware of the issue with the life one x2 and currently working on it which is not proper grammar we apologize for the inconvenience that's it that's all you get uh, when you contact support all you get is uh, reset your phone sorry qq sad day this has not been a good week for them yeah, that is, I mean, that would make me not want to buy a phone from them. For because, sure. Because, you know, problems do happen. Of course, breaking someone's phone is, I don't think any of the other problems that you've mentioned uh, were that as serious as this. Yeah. Having your, having your phone, like having a screen or a camera issue, that's bad, but it doesn't cause data loss. Right. It doesn't cause loss of, of use of your phone too. Like let's let's be honest. Like, I don't know, ten years ago, before I had my first smartphone, before we people expected me to respond and I expected connectivity all the time. Sure. If my phone was dead for two days or three days or a week, I'd be like, Well, that's okay. You know, people it, can call me when I'm home. It was unfortunate now, but not a killer. Now, if I leave the house without it, it's a problem. Right. You know, I can't leave. If I if I left the phone at home, I had to turn around and get it again or whatever because I can't. And, you know, it's not just like certain conveniences like, yeah, I want to listen to music on the train or whatever. It's like, you know, I'm doing work. People uh -huh. expect me to be available. Absolutely. You know, all this kind of other stuff going on. So and I mean. And it's not even just that. Right here in the studio right now, we literally have three phones as part of the the tech process for broadcasting this show. So, you know, you got to, you know, it's, it's a serious problem if you don't have a working phone. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, I would consider that a really bad problem. And then that you're not getting a response to uh, uh, a human response to it. Like, Hey, wait, I don't think there's, there's anybody home. Uh -huh. Um, that's really bad. Now, if you reset your phone though, it works, right? Yes. And so if you're willing to lose whatever you had on it, um, mm -hmm. you can get it working again. Indeed. Now this would give me very little confidence in blue but on the other hand, a lot of people actually have all their data in the cloud. So you would, you would certainly hope. Because <laughs> really, what of yours is not in the cloud? The only thing that might not be in the cloud 
is um, on Android is your uh, is the photos and video you took, and a lot of people have those set to automatically back up to something like Google Drive or or Dropbox or something. Or so or if you have Amazon Prime, I know they're a sponsor, uh, but if you have Amazon Prime, there's unlimited photo storage from them. Right. So there's plenty of places to put your you can put your photos. Yeah. Um, you can store your photos. So if you've been doing that all along, that's really, I mean, that's really the only thing I can think of that if, you know, I think some of mine haven't automatically backed up. I think it's the only thing I can think of that if I lost, if I had to wipe my phone, mm-hmm. I would lose. But the, um, but you know, if it's a document, if it's an email, if it's a, uh, my music, if it's an app, that's all in the cloud. And yeah. with Android, when you reinstall the operating system, you can tell it just download all my apps again. Yeah. So you can you can do the same thing that you can do with with Windows, right? And say this is this is the replacement for this phone, or or clone this setup, and it'll just bring it back down how how that device was. So you know something like that. Yeah, so that's not really a. I mean, I don't know if it if it retains all your settings. If you, I mean, it retain your. You'd have to enter your account, your Google account, obviously. Sure, sure. I don't know if it would retain like your email. If you had a non Google email account, if it would retain those settings, you'd have to enter them manually. Okay. But I, I mean, you know, like you'd have to spend. Okay. It would you know, be half an hour, an hour. So it's uh, so it's similar. Running. So it's similar, but not not entire. Yeah, I okay. mean, you know, I don't think it would save like your wallpaper or something like that if you change your wallpaper. Okay. But um, you know, it, it saves an it saves the important things. So sure, sure. You know, but that's just trying to look on the bright side. Yeah. On the dim side, people may not know that they can reset their phone. Right. To uh, to at least they may and at least support is telling them. If you do this, you'll be back up and running, and here's the process to do it. At least they are getting that much information out of them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, that would really, really, that would irritate me a lot. Like, what are these people doing if they're not testing? Uh-huh. Shouldn't they have more adequately tested their update? Yeah. And then that they're, that they're not really responding, and they seem to be have gone quiet, really strikes you as like, well, wait a second. This seems like a fly-by-night operation. Yeah, exactly. Now, on the other hand, to I guess to play devil's advocate for a second, when you're when you're buying based on price, you know you are. I think most people know that they're giving something up. When you go to Walmart, you're not expecting, you know, top-notch, knowledgeable sales associates, right? You you know that you're going there for the price of something. It. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know you're sacrificing something. Now, I wouldn't expect this to be the sacrifice that you would make on a piece of tech, but maybe maybe customer service is the thing that they've never thought was important. I don't know. I I'll I'll tell you that they're they're PR people who are the people who I've in, obviously that I've interacted with the company have all been like very warm and very responsive people, but uh, not this week. So I I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're like legitimately scared. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it, it is definitely a, uh, a bizarre and unfortunate situation all around. It's unfortunate for the people whose phones were bricked, um, that if they're not backing up their data, which you should be, if they're not backing up their data, uh, it's gone bye bye. Um, it's unfortunate for the company who is now getting nothing but bad press when, I mean, I have one or two blue phones in the office um, because obviously when you do development, you want to test across all kinds of phones and blue's been good to us. But, uh, you know, this hasn't been good for anybody, uh, anybody involved. Oh, good. You moved. I was a little afraid that <laughs> I'm that sure it'll you, happen that you had stopped. Um, so it hasn't been good for anybody. Uh, the good news is that, uh, if you do have this one model of phone, there is a way to get it back up and running. Uh, you got, but you got to do a reset and anything you didn't back up is gone. So, um, I know they're not the sponsor for this segment. If you're not back, <laughs> backing up your photos, uh, five live.tv slash Amazon, go, uh, go get that going and get unlimited photo storage and it'll auto sync. Cause, uh, I would be really unhappy if I lost stuff. <laughs> this week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, available in on-ear over ear and in ear as well um but not just the elements uh all kinds of headphones from uh wired to bluetooth um in ear on ear over ear all kinds of styles plus of course bluetooth speakers from the little hot shot up to the big monster blaster and of course all of the power and uh cabling to connect this and all of your other stuff your home entertainment system your computer uh and uh, I'll tell you, one of my favorite things right now from them is the little uh, battery. It's like uh, credit card sized, and it's unbelievably uh, high amperage. It's it's a great little device, and all of that is available right now by going to f5live.tv/monster. And of course, that music means that it's time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram, we hey. we are in the season. Ah, oh, we are. <laughs> Knee we, deep in the season at this point. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. And, Man. Uh, and uh, obviously, gift buying is the topic of the season, but you know, we've talked deals, we've talked laptops, kind of our normal topics, but you've got some more interesting stuff this week, right? Yes. So, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, particularly if you're really certain age, uh, you really have some nostalgia for the things of your youth. Uh, now for the people I work with, the things of their youth might've been 10 years ago. <laughs> but, uh, but, or, or, or less, but, um, but, uh, for, for, for those of us in, let's say gen X, 
or the older millennials uh, or even older uh, folks still, um, you know, there's a lot of value in getting something that kind of takes them back. And so on tomsguide.com, we have a list of the best retro tech gadgets uh, that you can get uh, for yourself or someone else, uh, courtesy of my colleague, Andrew Friedman. Uh, and there are a few on here I'd like to highlight, and then there are some I'd even add to this. So uh, one thing that a lot of people, you know, and sometimes they just don't make them like they used to. Um, you know, one thing that's on here, I think one of the coolest things on here is that there is a new Polaroid camera, the Polaroid PIC 300. It is a, a small, um, you know, portable camera that shoots real instant prints, uh, like, and it's a Polaroid. Now, I remember Polaroids when I was growing up, you know, lots of people had them. You had to take it out. You'd shake them. <laughs> you'd sit there and you'd watch them develop. But you know, what was cool was like at the end, you had a printed picture. You didn't need any technology to view it. You could put it on your refrigerator, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, after, you know, after the, after the apocalypse comes, Polaroid cameras will be like the most valuable form of photography around because you won't need a dark room to develop them and you won't need electricity. Uh, I mean, as far except for the electricity of taking it. Um, so, uh, the Polaroid pick 300, which is $70 at Best Buy. Uh, that's a great choice. That was the Even, thing. That was the thing I was going to point out was the, the surprisingly low price. I wasn't expecting 69 and nine as the, as the retail on that. Yeah. It's not bad, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's pretty good. On the other hand, you know, you can buy a smartphone for $200 and take photos with that, but they're not Polaroids. <laughs> and then, you know? and so, then carry around a, uh, $80 HP portable photo printer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's getting it on print. That is the really cool thing. And I think people will, uh, have a lot of fun with that. Um, if you want to go back and play game, the games of your youth, uh, and you want to play them on something that is like the game console of your youth rather than trying to do an emulator on your phone or an emulator on your PC, uh, then the SNES Classic is a great choice. That's $80 on Amazon. Uh, and that lets you play, it comes with 21 games, uh, you know, comes with 21 games built in so you can play Super Nintendo Classic with real style controllers. Uh, but uh, it is actually hard. It is a little bit hard to uh, to come by. Uh, apparently, there have been some shortages of it. Um, just just enough, like with its its predecessor, the NES Classic, now was, was hard to find. This one is too. Now, if you go back even further to say my youth, the game that you might want is the Atari Flashback. Yes. Uh, now the Atari Flashback. There's now have the Atari Flashback Eight, uh, which is the only one. Uh, worth getting because last year my wife actually bought me the seven and we had to return it because it came with wireless controllers that did infrared well infrared for a controller is a joke like a mat like you're trying to move and like one out of every five times you move it works like you can't play any kind of game without even an atari game but now they've upgraded to 2.4 gigahertz wireless on the two controllers that it comes with uh, it comes with a whole bunch of built-in games, and I believe there's an Activision edition that comes with some of the Activision games like Pitfall as well. But they're all built in. There's no cartridges. 
Uh, so you have to look at the game list to make sure that it actually has the games that you that you want to play. Um, However, the thing that's interesting about um, the the current generation of mini consoles that come from uh, oh I can't come up with the name of the company um, <clears throat> the company that uh, at games uh, that right. produces the hardware is the both the Sega and the Atari version will play the original cartridges as well. So if there's a game missing and you happen to have the cartridge, you can still play it. Oh, really? How well, that's cool neat. is that? Now, I don't have the cartridges, but there's always eBay, I guess. Um, how, cool, know, how cool is that? That's something that the Nintendo consoles don't do. They won't play the cartridges, but but both the, uh, the Sega and the, uh, the Atari version both do. Oh wow, that's cool! Yeah, I thought that, uh, when we got that when I got that press release, uh, Alante was so excited he wrote about it. Like he and Alante doesn't write ever. Alante was so excited he wrote about <laughs> it. <laughs> so uh, another thing you can get that's retro is a Casio calculator watch, which was my first watch. No, maybe my second watch. It was <laughs> my first digital watch. I loved that thing so much. Uh, it didn't even matter that I never had to actually calculate anything with it the fact that i had that much intelligence on my wrist at any given time just was awesome with all the buttons you know that's what's missing on today's smartwatches buttons that, not enough buttons that's the thing that's missing from most modern technology is physical things i miss physical things uh, so the last thing i'll mention is teddy ruxman there's a new teddy ruxman out there uh, it's about, I think, eighty between eighty and ninety dollars. It downloads stories, and you can uh, from the internet. You can actually un pay to unlock some more. It will sit there and read you stories just like the old one. Uh, it does not have use a cassette deck though. It's all digital, and instead of having creepy mechanical eyes that move back and forth, it now has creepy digital eyes. Oh, that's better. Uh, but uh, that your definition of creepy may vary. Uh, the people <laughs> in my office who grew up with Teddy Ruxpin actually love the new Teddy Ruxpin. So I grew up with Teddy Ruxpin, and I wasn't. It freaked me out then. I can't imagine that it will be better with digital eyes. <laughs> I I just I'm morally opposed. I could be, I you know, forgive me. I'm morally opposed to thing to. Robots that read your kids stories. I'm, I'm morally opposed to it. And the reason that I'm morally opposed to it is as a parent, that's my job. Fair enough. You know, it's it's bad enough how much my son gets from his tablet and from TV, uh, you know, but if someone's going to sit there and read to him, I'm going to sit there and read to him or his mother will, you know, or his grandparents will. That the least that we could do as parents is be present enough to read some a story. So, um, you know, no, I'm not. I wouldn't get creepy or not. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't get that. I like that reasoning. It makes a lot of sense to me. You know, uh, but uh, all that said, lots of great retro gifts <laughs> out there, including uh, money that we didn't mention, like a USB uh, mixtape. Uh, that uh, you so check out our list of retro gifts on tomsky.com where we have a complete gift guide including non-retro gifts as well and uh, before 
before we end this, I I want to say that the thing that I didn't know happened, uh, we were talking about it before the show, that I found most interesting was that the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2 soundtrack came out on cassette. <laughs> that's, that's fascinating for a number of reasons. One, when was the last time something came out on cassette? Because where are you even going to find a cassette player today? And two... This was the movie where he up, upgraded to a Zune. So it shouldn't have been the last one that was on cassette, not this one. But that's, I guess, a different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, he didn't upgrade till the end. Remember, Fair enough. So. Fair enough. And now if there's a volume three, they're going to have to come out with it on Zune. I was, was going to say, uh, but but your uh, Zune music pass doesn't work anymore, or at least it won't by the time that movie comes out. Or possibly by the time you see this episode, because it's got, what, 28 days left. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, as always, Avram, thank you. That is a fascinating list and uh, some really, really, like, weird, fun things on there. Uh, everybody should definitely go check it out on Tom's Guide. Uh, and until... Oh, we were going to tease next week, because next week we've got ah, something really cool. What I wanted to have for this week... And we didn't get all the um, parts in time is we have in the office the first Ryzen mobile uh, AMD Ryzen mobile powered uh, laptop and HP NVX 360. Uh, we actually did review it. Uh, so that's live on laptopmag.com right now. Uh, but we are also getting an identical Core i5 powered NVX 360 because the, the Ryzen we have is Ryzen 5, which is equivalent to Core i5. So uh, probably Tuesday, when everything's been tested, we'll probably have up an article. Uh, we will have an up an article on um, the differences. And the early results look good for Ryzen. It, it did almost as well as a Core i7. So now cool. we have to see how it does. A, a Ryzen 5 does against an Apple's to Apple's Core i5. Sure. So uh, pretty impressive considering how uh, you know, weak... AMD's laptop offerings have been for the past several years. I say for a long time now. Yeah, they may actually be a player again. So, well, that would be good because, as we know, uh, competition breeds uh, innovation, and Intel has not had any of that for a, a while in uh, in the PC space. I mean, even AMD making desktop chips, they. They half-assed it for a while. They you know they waited until Intel came out with something, and then they'd uh, they'd do something. But when they decided to do Ryzen, they decided to come at it hard. And yes, they finally <laughs> have a little bit of a little bit of swagger. Yeah, uh, which I haven't seen from them in you know a very years. long time. So I'm I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see that there's going to be a fight in that space again. Uh, it's good. Because the tablet space is really the only place where Intel's had challenge with, uh, you know, com competing with with ARM's architecture. So I'm glad to see there's some interest happening there, and I can't wait to see the results and to uh, to talk about them with you next week.
This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All of the gaming accessories you need to up your PC gaming experience are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for um, one of the, the fascinating uh, uh, mouse pads, whether it be lit or giant or whatever you might be looking for, um, or you're looking for a really great dedicated uh, gaming mouse like the Mamba Tournament Edition. Um, it's all available. And right now they've got a couple of holiday bundles going on. Um, you can get a mouse and a mouse pad for a really great deal, plus a bunch of other stuff in some of these bundles as well. And you can find all of the bundles plus all of their other products by going to f5live.tv slash razor. They are definitely producing a lot more uh, glowing products. <laughs> I looking at their uh, their holiday catalog, and there's a lot to it. <laughs> Alrighty, so a couple years ago, I think it was 2015, uh, Nintendo announced that they were going to get into uh, mobile gaming, not 3DS mobile gaming, but. Uh, uh, iOS and Android mobile gaming, and they have launched, as of today, they have launched three first-person uh, titles, or first-party titles, and one partner title uh, being uh, Pokemon Go, which is, they only own half of that company, so it's kind of a partner title. So, uh, the, the three titles that they've released that are Nintendo proper are uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, uh, what was the second one? Uh, Super Mario Run, and then uh, this, uh, about uh, 11 days ago, something like that, they uh, they released uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. And, of course, that means it's time to compare uh, game to game. <laughs> At the six-day mark, uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which I will just refer to as Pocket Camp now, uh, was the second most downloaded of the of the three at 15 million downloads to to Super Mario runs like like 20 something million like that it was way way up there, but while their downloads are high, their revenues are not so much. In fact, they've uh, in the first nine days, so we'll assume 15 million downloads even on day nine, just for easy math. Uh, they had done about $10 million in revenue, which is the lowest of the three by a lot. Interestingly, the list is very different when you look at revenue. The top is actually Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> With $33 million in revenue, smallest download, largest revenue. Uh, Super Mario Run, most downloads, second revenue with $24 million. And lastly, we have Pocket Camp with 10 Now, the thing that's really interesting is the, the breakdown of where the revenue is coming from. F over 40% of it comes from Japan, and just over 1% comes from the United States. A country that seems to be obsessed with 
like casual style mobile games. Only $120,000 worth of the revenue has come from the United States, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Not not a lot of not a lot of revenue from us over here, but uh a lot of it from uh from Japan. So at least I guess good on you there. Well, you know, they I guess they'll be carefully watching to see whether this is a profitable venture for them because yes, they can get a lot of attention uh through their name. I mean people are obviously love the Nintendo ecosystem. Sure. But if they can't make money off of it, they're not going to keep doing this type of thing. Now, 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 here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if you've played Pocket Camp or not. No, I have. Um, and and the thing that I noticed was that there's no urgency in it. At least when it launched, there was no urgency to the game. Uh, the Obviously, with this type of game, you know, think if you haven't played it, think Clash of Clans or something like that, where the resource that you have that's finite is your time. So it's the resource that they they prey upon. Um, If you want things to to craft faster or things like that, you use your in-game currency, in this case, Leaf Tickets. If you've ever played an Amazon Crossing game or an Animal Crossing game, you know Leaf Tickets. you use them to, to speed up production of of things, or if you're missing resources, you can you can uh, overcome that by purchasing the resources with the leaf tickets, and so that factors into this game. But the thing is, there's no real reason to be excited about making something go faster. Uh, it's not like you're defending territory, you know. It's not. It's not clash of clans. You're not defending territory. You're not, you know, going into another somebody else's map to try and attack. It's not a tower defense game. It's not even Pokemon Go where, at the very least, you want to be able to hold more Pokemon. You're just building a camp for yourself. It's like SimCity. Would you pay extra money to build your buildings faster and in SimCity? Probably not, because it's not... Like, it's not... There's no real urgency built into it. Now, I don't know if they knew this ahead of time or if they figured it out in the first couple of days, but shortly after the game launched, its first event went into into effect. And I have a feeling this event was not supposed to start for another, like, two weeks. Uh, But it is a Christmas event. It's not what they call it. I don't remember what they call it, holiday festival or something like that. But all of the items in the uh, in the event are Christmas themed, and they are limited time. They are limited run. At the end of the event, you can no longer create these items, which does then create urgency. <laughs> so maybe maybe they need to have limited run things on a more regular basis maybe we'll see at the end of this event that their their revenue per person went up because people were buying supplies to be able to craft them i don't know but it certainly seems like like they gave like 35 days or something like that for the christmas event 
which seems excessive. I have a feeling that they started it early because they went into panic mode. <laughs> because they wanted to create something limited. Because that in a game like this, this is that, that's the only urgency I can think of. Can you think of anything else that would create an urgency in a game like like SimCity or something like that? No. Yeah, I can't either. So uh in and the reason I keep going back to SimCity is because uh, EA had SimCity Social, which was very similar. And uh, when they started doing the limited run things is when SimCity Social started generating revenue, but they'd already decided to cancel it before that. Whatever. I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I haven't been holding a grudge against them for canceling that game for like three and a half years. Um, anyway... Uh, so maybe we'll see in a month that things have changed at limited run stuff. EA found that limited run stuff worked. Maybe Nintendo will find the same thing because again, you got to do something to create urgency. Otherwise people just go, Oh, it's going to take 48 hours. Great. And not interact with that part of the game for 48 hours. It's what I keep doing. I, I have no interest in spending money on stuff like that. That's, <sighs> But, Money's tight, man. I, I cannot spend money on on DLC. Yeah, for sure. And like we've talked about before, when, interestingly, when uh, Super Mario Run came out, we talked about I would prefer to pay a price and get a game and be able to move on with my day. And all of the other Animal Crossing games have worked that way. I wouldn't mind being told, here's the price for the game. Enjoy the game. Bye-bye. That I'd, I'm fine with that concept. I'm I'm good with that. But I I don't know if if I know that it's either wait 48 hours or pay a couple of bucks, I'm going to wait the 48 hours. I, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't like I don't like free to play games because there's always a catch. Yeah. So long if if it's a game like this and it's free to play pay to speed it doesn't bother me but when it's pay to win then i i won't even down i won't even interact with the game that's because i'm i'm totally with you because i again i i don't care about the speed of the thing that doesn't bother me but if you couldn't get past a certain point without paying that's when i get mad so i understand anyway uh obviously we won't know in short term, whether or not this move works or what the fate of the game is. Uh, but my guess is by the end of the year, by the time we are physically together in Las Vegas, we will know whether or not the uh, holiday event worked for them to change the, the revenue stream, which I have a feeling it will. Uh, and obviously when we know, we will start reporting changes back if there are changes or a lack thereof if that's the way that it goes this week's news from the tubes on f5 live is proudly powered by rift tracks the guys who used to do mystery science theater 3000 are back doing what they do best making fun of movies from blockbusters to oh i wish i knew what this was um let's go with pressure point 
they've got a little bit of everything. The way it usually works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3 or uh, uh, play it through the Rift Tracks app, and you play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. From time to time, they do live events. The uh, live events for 2017 have closed. 2018 will be announced uh, shortly after the new year, hopefully. Uh, and so, as soon as those are available, obviously, we will start talking about those. Uh, but right now, they have... There's going to be a limited edition 10 DVD lunchbox. <laughs> a lunchbox of the Disembodio character, plus a bunch of the movies... Uh, and shorts and stuff like that, a bunch of the live events, and you can pre-order those right now and find out all the movies and shorts that are available by going to f5live.tv slash Tracks with an X. The Rift Tracks Live of Manos, Hands of Fate, is in there, which is one of my all-time favorite live events, so I've, I know I've mentioned it before, and I don't care. It's still one of my favorites. Anyway, uh, Bitcoin. It's been a week for Bitcoin, hasn't it? Uh, it hit an all-time high of $10,000 a coin. And then, 24 hours later, hit $11,000 a coin. And then, shortly after, um, a judge ruled <laughs> that uh, Coinbase, which is the largest uh, trading platform for the United States had to turn over some of their records to the IRS because, as it turns out, Bitcoin is a great way to hide money from the IRS. <laughs> and so uh, so the IRS asked Coinbase for their records. Coinbase said, no, thank you. And it went to court, obviously. And so this week, the judge said, absolutely, you must turn over records, but not all of them. The IRS wanted all records dating back to the essentially the founding of the company, 2012. And uh, the judge said, no, we're not going to go that wide with it. I'm going to require that anybody who has done at least $20,000 worth of Bitcoin trading within any given fiscal year, that information must be turned over. And you would be surprised at how many, uh, how many people that turns out to be. <laughs> it is a surprisingly high number. It was, uh, it was like fourteen thousand, I think. Now there are millions of users <laughs> on Coinbase, so statistically fourteen thousand is insignificant. But considering the IRS, to the best of their records, has had three people report uh, income from Bitcoin. <laughs> even 1,400. Even 150 is a lot when you consider that only three people have ever uh, reported the, the income. Is that considered capital gains? So depending on where, <clears throat> which part of the thing you're looking at, yes. Uh, if if we're simply talking about somebody buying a bunch of Bitcoin within a year and holding on to it or using it as Bitcoin online, that is uh, direct tax evasion. And if if you're talking about gains 
uh, in value of Bitcoin, that's capital gains, and that's that's a misreporting of capital gains. So, if you are among the people who uh, who have done twenty thousand dollars in a year and didn't report, if you're not one of those three, uh, be prepared. You will probably be audited at some point in 2018 and it will date back all the way to 2012. So hopefully you kept all your records or uh, you went to somebody like H&R Block who has that insurance where if something goes wrong, they'll help you out. Um, but yeah, uh, there, there are going to be some people getting some phone calls from the IRS pretty soon. <laughs> this, is a, this is a mistake you don't want to make. You don't want to any kind of tax evasion. The IRS isn't ha doesn't get happy about it. You've probably been fortunate enough not to be audited, right, Abram? No, I haven't been audited yet. That's good. Well, Me neither. <laughs> Although, as somebody who owns a couple of businesses, I will be at some point. I'm fully aware of that. They, <laughs> but not yet. Uh, but I have heard it's not a fun process, especially if they believe that you're legitimately evading taxes so with with this ruling do you think that this is the beginning of of considering uh bitcoin to be a, a currency or at the very least a commodity in the eyes of the the government commodity yes currency no yeah i mean look if they can get their hands on something of yours that they could tax, then they're <laughs> going to go after it, right? I mean... Fair enough. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure, you know, it's an investment, right? So... Sure. sure. And it's it's no different than than trading in, theoretically trading in other, other currencies or at the very least other commodities, you know, if you buy corn and <laughs> what is it options or whatever no it what's the other futures word? that's it futures you buy corn futures you're you're taxed on on what you make this this is no different this is somebody buying essentially buying futures on a theoretical value of a bit right yep so yeah yeah yep it's like currency like you said it's like currency speculation so whether or not you consider it currency or speculating on the value of it interesting way of looking at it yeah so uh th this is probably the beginning of a change in the way the government looks at bitcoin so uh that will be interesting and um my guess is now that they've got this ruling coinbase won't be the only uh, trading platform that they go talk to, but that's I'm sure. But that's just a guess, you know, based on history and reality. But you know, just a guess. <laughs> no doubt. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We talked about it earlier. Amazon Prime 
is more than just free shipping. Everybody knows the free shipping, but what a lot of people don't know is Prime Music gives you several million songs that you can stream for free. Prime Video gives you lots of content, including original content from Amazon that can be streamed for free just about anywhere. Phone, computer, tablet, Xbox, PlayStation, basically wherever you are, you can stream it. You get a free subscription on a Twitch, uh, which is a pretty good thing. But if you're trying to, say, back up the photos on your phone before something goes horribly wrong, uh, Amazon Prime Photos gives you unlimited storage uh, of photos and a certain amount of uh, 5 gig of storage for videos as well. Uh, and they've got some really actually interesting sharing options in uh, Prime Video or uh, Prime Photos, and there's a lot more than that as well. And we've got a bunch of the the benefits listed. And if you're not already a Prime subscriber, you can subscribe, uh, get a 30-day free trial to find out whether or not it's something you like by going to f5live.tv/amazon. After saying their name a dozen times, I almost forgot it there at the end. <laughs> bit, of, bit of a weird night for me. Anyway. So Redbox is kind of the oddball in the, the current media landscape. Um, DVD rentals collapsed a couple of years ago like completely blockbuster went away uh hollywood went away all like all of the mom and pops have been gone for a while the dvd rentals kind of just totally collapsed out and then redbox popped up and redbox somehow managed to do it even though uh blockbuster had these this hardware earlier but whatever redbox is an enigma and they're always looking for ways to continue to be weird and one of the ways last month meaning november that they figured out a way to be different is they started selling digital download codes for disney movies but they did it in a weird way here's what they did normally if we were talking about Hollywood or Blockbuster, or in most cases, Redbox, uh, there are special purchase programs that these companies uh, go through to buy the DVDs in a different way than what you or I or Avram or, you know, the way we right. would buy it. We would go to, to Amazon or to a retail store and buy a thing in cellophane with a, you know, a pretty cover on the outside and disc on the inside and coupons and you know whatever stupid stuff comes in the box but redbox and blockbuster and hollywood when they were around had special purchase that basically they get a spindle of the dvds it's the reason why blockbuster never had the pictures on the box because they just bought the dvds which i know was an annoyance for a lot of people but that's some of them they did, though. It it's, seems to depend. It's true. Later on, especially, they started putting one uh, empty box in front that had the picture, and then behind it were all the Blockbuster-branded uh, blank-looking mm. boxes. But, yeah, some of them would have it. But, I mean, 
dating back into VHS times, uh, I think uh, there uh, one of the shows that I watched, I don't remember which one, made a... Oh, it was uh, The Office made a joke. Pam rented 28 days, meant to rent 28 days, but got 28 days later. <laughs> and <laughs> she... She was terrified, but wondering why when Sandra Bullock was going to show up because they don't put the picture on the cover. Anyway, so they just buy spindles of DVDs and then uh, distribute them however they distribute them. But in Redbox's case, Disney will not give them that option. So they buy them retail. And so they're talking about these download codes, right? Oh, we're talking about their DVDs in general. Uh, so. Disney would not allow them to buy the DVDs through the purchase plan like all the other companies do. Disney said, no, uh, you're not Blockbuster. You're not Hollywood. You just don't have the scale of purchase. We're not going to do it. Well, do they even do that anymore, considering Redbox is the only one they, that rents? They do. Uh, everybody else does. And, well, I guess Netflix Netflix does it also. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Netflix has yeah. DVD rentals. Um, but... Disney said, no, thank you. Uh, no special purchase plan for you. So they buy them retail. And Disney movies, when you buy them retail, come with a download code in the box. And so Redbox had the brilliant idea, we'll sell the download codes. Nope. That's not how that works. In fact, when you look at the little thing, it says this is not uh, for resale or for transfer. You can't give it away. You can't sell it. It has to go with the DVD. Now, if I were to buy a movie and give the download code to Avram, probably nobody's ever coming after us for that. But when you're Redbox and you add to your app and to your machines the ability to purchase these, oftentimes massively undercutting, say, iTunes, <laughs> um, Disney's going to take notice and not be happy and inevitably sue Redbox. Of course they are. <laughs> because that's a crazy idea. It's and it's not like you can Redbox can say we didn't know. It's printed on the little cards. I also think not they would resale. have a law I also think they're a large enough business to have a lawyer. Um right? Right? You, you, that that's a little that's a little nutty. So they were selling them. They would take. Let me just get the story straight here. So they would take. They would buy a DVD from retail. Uh -huh. They would take the code that came with the DVD. They would take the DVD and rent it, yes. like they rent everything else. Uh -huh. And then they would take the code that came with it and try to sell that separately from the DVD. Yes, sir. Yeah, you can't do that. No, of course not. <laughs> That's now if you wanted to include the code like Blockbuster used to at the end, like they'd buy a bunch, say, 25 or 50 DVDs of a new release. And then when it was no longer popular, they'd start selling off the DVDs uh, for real cheap, three, four bucks. If yeah, you, I, I bought some that way. I, I Yeah, I did, too. I've got a whole bunch of Blockbuster discs out. <laughs> Out there, I've got some VHSs too, but um, if, the, if you wanted to include the code when you do that at the end, that's okay because it's actually supposed to go with the disc. Wherever the disc goes, the code's supposed to go. But yeah, you can't 
separate them and sell the code by itself. And you certainly can't undercut Disney's own price for the product and expect them to not flip out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 crazy. How would they think that they could get away with that? I when I okay, when I saw this uh this uh thing come from Disney earlier in the week, I thought it was a joke. I made sure that it wasn't April because it seemed like there was absolutely no way that that Redbox could have possibly thought that this was an idea. Not even just a good idea. There's no way Redbox could have thought this was an idea. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand. I've worked for several companies in my life. We, if somebody in the in, at our comp at our company I worked for had such a crazy idea, we would have we would have read the box to them, and then if they didn't believe us, we would have sent it to the company lawyer who would have told them no. So, like, that's that's absolutely crazy. I could see some newfangled startup trying this kind of thing. Like, what was the name of that startup that uh-huh. had the try that? You rented a TV antenna uh-huh. from them. Yeah. The name escapes me now, but you remember it well. Yep. We talked about it. You know, that Aria. was kind of a. No. I don't remember. That was kind of a unique legal theory that, it, you know, if yeah. it was being broadcast over the air and we're giving you an antenna, then we're just renting you an antenna in another location. But there's no, there's no theory to this. It's against no. the license. Yeah, exactly. At least, at least with Zadiva. Which was similar to the one you're talking about, but uh, equally bad idea. Uh, they would buy the discs, and you could stream the disc from a DVD player somewhere. Like, it was a one-for-one match. It was a bad idea, and there was no way it was ever going to stand up, but it was a startup. They were trying to fly under the radar. Redbox isn't that Redbox and Verizon teamed up to come up with a streaming service. It's not like it's a it's not like it's a little company nobody knows. You can't go to a a 7-Eleven or a CVS without tripping over one of their machines. What is it they would say on like the Naked Gun or whatever? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, they can't they can't claim ignorance anyway. Yeah. Um it it's such a bad idea that of course uh of course the first thing you think is what were you what were you thinking that's the dumbest idea ever my guess is this lawsuit doesn't go very far redbox goes oops our bad hands over wh- whatever disney asks for and they're asking for um oh i have it here somewhere they're asking for all of the revenue from the sales or um, if if Redbox isn't willing to just stop doing it and sign over the revenue, um, they're going to ask for $150,000 per instance of copyright infringement. Uh, that's a lot more expensive. Yeah. So you can turn over the $8 per, uh, 
per thing that you sold and walk away from the business, or we're going to get $150,000 per thing. <laughs> Seems like Redbox is going to write a check and walk away. If they try to fight this, ooh, it'll be fun. It would be the Someone weirdest case ever, right? <laughs> I'm sure somebody... I'm sure someone's going to get fired over this. <laughs> At least and, one someone. And they deserve to be. So po Possibly an entire legal team is about to be replaced. Yeah. Uh, and uh, by the way, Aereo was the name of that company. Aereo, that's right. Nope, wrong button. Anyway, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live viewers. If you weren't able to join us live, however, that is okay. PlugHitsLive.com slash subscribe. You can subscribe to this and all of our other series as well. Uh, obviously, you can look for an episode of the Pilch Point F5 Live tonight and probably an episode of the 3000 Brigade uh, podcast tomorrow, um, which I think is about to change names tonight probably um which is okay i think we're gonna start calling it the 3000 brigade presents anyway um lots of new content new reviews new uh episodes of things and then of course ces coming up very soon uh december looks a little weird for us as we mentioned earlier on um we've got a couple of uh shows that are not going to be on sunday nights because christmas eve and new year's eve probably not the night to uh, film uh, new episodes of our shows and so uh, we will do them a day or two early and we'll let you know as we get closer to it exactly when we will film it'll all depend on Abram and my schedule leading up to the holidays which can always be bizarre so I guess with that on behalf of the staff that's not here I'm Scott I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next week. Normal time. Ciao. Ciao.